Hello, everyone. It's your favorite homeboy, Zach Iconic Thomas. Welcome into So Far, So Hood, the place for those who are misunderstood, baby. This is your home. Kick your feet up. Let's talk about some things and let's spill some tea. We are back for season two. And before anything, I want to thank you because without you, none of this would be possible without people streaming, supporting, sharing, doing everything they can to get our message out there, to get this podcast out there. We would not be on season two right now. So thank you so much. And we're not stopping anytime soon. I'm your host, Zach Iconic Thomas. If you want to see what I look like, you can follow my Instagram at Zach underscore Iconic underscore Thomas. And I have some really, really cute fits. All right. So go check out my fashion. Also, you can follow our show Instagram at So Far So Hood Show, where we post cute little things on the side dealing with our show. Like we'll post things about our segments. We'll talk about the news a little bit more. So, yeah, go check that out and go follow. Also, be sure to go rate us on Apple Podcasts because that's a beautiful and helpful thing to do. Like, it's free. It's literally free. That's the crazy thing about all these things, you guys. It's free. It don't cost you nothing to go do this. So the more, the merrier in getting this message out there is important. It's very important because we need more podcasters. We need more voices. We need more leaders. We need all that. We need all that. But before we get into anything, to all the new people listening, let me explain to you the premise of this show. So every single episode, we do three segments. The first segment is the weekly run up where we talk about pop culture and politics. And then our second segment, we'll discuss our topic for the day, which is usually life advice. It might be a story sometimes. It might be an interview. Who knows? And then our final segment is Zach Excellence, which is where we highlight a black person in society who has done something amazing. This episode, we'll be discussing Adele. We'll be discussing Taylor Swift. We'll be discussing Nicki Minaj. And we'll be discussing Summer Walker. So, you know what time it is. It's time for the weekly run-up. Make sure your laces are tied, all right? Make sure your shoelaces are tied. This is the weekly run-up. We're about to get into some shit. We're about to spill some tea. Let's go. Your shoelace is not tied. I just told you to tie it. Here, let me do it for you. I got you. Put your, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. Let's run. The first thing I want to discuss in the weekly run-up of our first episode of season two is... The iconic Adele. We had a whole Adele album between the break of season one and season two. And let's talk about some things because this album from Adele obviously was something very experimental. It was something very new for her. And a lot of people, it was a hit or miss. So I want to know what you think specifically. So go to the show Instagram at so far so hit show and DM me. And I want to know what you think about this album because you know, Adele is, her fan base is the GP. So everyone listens to the album. I'm pretty sure most people have checked it out at least once. But what I am sensing is that it's not landing with people as much as 25 and 21 did, which is, it shows you a lot about how TikTok and 
all that stuff has affected the music industry since Adele released 25 six years ago because the album is still successful. I mean, it did 800K in the first week, which is the highest debut of any album in the United States this whole year of 2021. But you know, when you feel a connection to music, even if the song doesn't go number one, like there's so many hits to where they never really even peaked in the top 10 of the billboard, but you just feel so connected to those songs. And if you played the songs, everyone's going to know it. And with things moving so fast, it feels almost like this album is not going to have those hits that latch on. Like rumor has it like, hello, which is okay. I don't think Adele was attempting to do that with this album. Adele was really being vulnerable and letting us in. And I don't know if she was chasing to have a big hit because easy on me was number one for weeks, but most people, they just say it's a good song. They don't think it's better than hello or rumor has it, which is interesting. I love the album though. I love 30 because let me, let me talk to you about the song. I drink wine. I drink wine. I drink wine. Oh, oh, that song right there. Jazz hands. It makes me do jazz hands every single time. And it's quite it's quite crazy how Adele just has this vocal agility that no other artist has. No other artist can touch it. Her songwriting. No other artist can really match the songwriting with the vocals and just make hits. And that's what Adele manages to do. But this album, it felt really weird how people reacted to it. And the whole rollout felt, but it felt so fast in a way, even though we got easy on me way beforehand, things just felt fast. However, let's talk about another young lady in the industry who is killing it. Summer Walker, Summer Walker over it. Give me your hands. Give me your hands. Reach your hands out. Let me hold your hands. We got one of the best albums of the year from Summer Walker. If you haven't listened to it, it's like R&B. If you're not into R&B, you need to get into it because she has it mastered. Summer Walker has it mastered the way she can relate to black culture. I'm just going to say it as that. It's literally black culture in how people, how women of color feel when it concerns relationships. And she has captured that so beautifully in her music. And I relate to it so much because we all have people that we know can relate to Summer Walker music because it's so the way she just hits the nail on the head, like Summer Summer Walker. Oh yes. Oh yes. The new album's still over it. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. If you haven't listened to it, I would start with the song Closure. The song Closure, um, little do people know, Beethoven was looking for that song and for a song that good, and Beethoven cannot find a song as good as Closure by Summer Walker. Please go stream it now. We're about to talk about psychopaths now. We're about to talk about some psychopaths. Taylor Swift, Red Taylor's version. I will throw this mic. I will throw this mic. I will scream in the mic. I will 
I will go insane. I have a signed Taylor Swift CD, by the way. Um, you're gonna be hearing about that a lot because it's quite iconic. I have a signed Taylor Swift CD. I love Taylor Swift. Many people love Taylor Swift, and that's what these album sales and these streaming numbers show because Red, which is a, a re-released album, is out streaming every single debut in this country on Spotify. It has so many streams. It sold over 500K in the first week for a re-recorded album. And she dropped an all-too-well 10-minute version, which was, it went number one on the Billboard. I can't even catch the damn words in my mouth. It went number one on Billboard, a 10-minute song. Who else? Who else can do it besides Taylor Swift? She has managed to be in the industry for so long and still be successful and still hold on to so many fans all the time and not even just have fans. Like, you know how people just, they have quote unquote fans. Like, no, people buy her stuff. People work their ass off to go to her tours. Like me, (laughs) like people (laughs) will go to the end of the earth to be like, I want this Taylor Swift vinyl. I want this Taylor Swift ticket. And nothing's going to stop me from getting it because people love Taylor Swift. They love her music. She has captured the the music industry, period. Taylor Swift has captured the music industry. Like she has it around her finger and it's quite sickening because these numbers for Red Taylor's version. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And the album itself, the songs that she added, 10 out of 10. I bet you think about me, 10 out of 10. The very first night, 10 out of 10. Message in a bottle, 10 out of 10. Come on now. Come on now. I I don't want to hear it. And we're about to conclude this weekly run-up by talking about the queen of rap, Nicki Minaj. Because, you know, like I said in the season finale of season one, anytime I get the chance to talk about Nicki, I'm going to talk about Nicki. Okay, I'm always going to talk about Nicki because she deserves her tens all the time. So she just hosted the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion and it was everything and more. And I was so satisfied. It was so cute. And it was actually a lovely reunion. All these ladies on Potomac, they are so good. If you haven't watched the show, please do yourself a favor and check it out. It's just, it's fun. The Real Housewives is a fun series. You just sit back and it feels like they're literally in the room with you, especially when they're cussing each other the hell out. They've been going off. They've been going off, but you can tell they all love Nikki and it was a warming experience. And Nikki has some really good hosting skills because not only does she have the ability to keep people in line, but she's really funny and sweet with it at the same time. So Potomac. Oh, the ladies are beautiful. They're beautiful. They're amazing. And they give good fucking TV. And they got to sit down with Nikki, the Queen Minaj. They won. They won. It's the winning series of the Housewives. A lot of people like Real Housewives of Atlanta. I think Potomac reigns supreme, but you know, I haven't watched all of them. So just take that with a grain of salt. So we have come to the end of the weekly run up. There's way more things we need to talk about, but we'll get onto those things in the next episode. Trust me. Trust me, boo. Trust me, boo. I, I ain't done. I ain't done. We're going to talk about this stuff, but we're about to go into our topic of the day, which is stereotypes. 
I have a special guest with me today, my best friend, Elijah Walker. Me and her are about to talk about some things concerning stereotypes and all that bullshit. Because, you know, it's so much bullshit in the world. There's so much hate in the world. And me and her, we're going to talk about some things and you're not going to want to miss it. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We are back with our topic for the day, which is stereotypes. And we have in the building, Melijah Walker. Hi, you guys. So, Melijah is my best friend, as most people know. And she's an expertise in a lot of things about culture and everything concerning stereotypes. So, we we, we just going to spill some tea on some things back and forth and hit some certain points that need to be talked about. So... The first thing I want to speak about is music taste, because as I've mentioned before, I do have a special type of music taste that is not tailored towards African-Americans usually, which consists of pop music. But as I've mentioned, pop music isn't black music. So, Melijah, what kind of music do you listen to that you would consider isn't typically, quote unquote, black music? So I like to listen to a lot of rock music and a lot of people think that that's weird that oh there's a black girl that she listens to rock music and it's not I guess typical for us to listen to that which is really strange because I I like it like it's actually really good so yeah I like rock music and I would say country but a lot of there's a lot of black country singers and country is so good Country music is fucking good. Country music music is actually one of my favorite genres because yes. it be having bounce in it. Oh my god, It be having bounce in it. Do you perceive it as like a negative stereotype that black people listen to rap music or are supposed to? Um, I find it kind of negative because it's like anybody can listen to any kind of music they want to. And there should not be anything wrong with that, you know? I mean, music is music. Everybody enjoys it. You know, everybody comes together and they love this genre. So why should there be a stereotype to a certain race, you know, pertaining to music? It's really weird. I mean, I've met some people in my life that have asked me that question, like, um, what kind of music are you into? Like, do you listen to this artist? And it would be like a black person. <laughs> they would start naming black people and like rap artists. And I would just tilt my head. I'd be like, like who? <laughs> I would just tilt my head. Like, uh, that's strange. Is it because we're the same color? Jesus. And it would just be like straight up rap artists that they would name. Like, it's just so weird how people assume that, you know, since rap is predominantly African-Americans, you know, they assume that, okay, then 
all African Americans must listen to nothing but rap music. Yeah. You know, it's it's so weird. And the same goes with like country too. Like people believe or there's like just a stereotype that um country music is only meant for white Americans. Yep. <laughs> Which is not the case. Especially <laughs> not, the not case. no more. Country now with me listening so to country music good. now, it's like really amazing. It is so good. Well, black people do it too. Like they when they raise us, we are really pushed in one direction towards music taste. Like they'll play a certain station to where pop, pop music is not really playing. And if you get caught listening to pop music, it's kind of like, oh, why are you listening to that white stuff? Quote unquote. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> I was like, what am I doing wrong? I was jamming out. But eventually, like my family kind of accepted the fact that I was listening to Hannah Montana and pop music all the time. Did your family like mine that you're listening to pop music? Did they ever say anything to you? Oh, the first person that I actually listened to that I remember was Taylor Swift. Period. When I was a kid. I, uh, my first album was uh, the Taylor Swift album, the Fearless album. And I would play it day in and day out. Like that was the only album that I had. And my mom had no choice but to, you know, accept the fact that I love that kind of music. And I fucking love Taylor Swift. Period. So, um, it wasn't really a problem to some family members, I guess. But there was like the talk of why are you listening to that white stuff or you must listen to that white stuff yep. kind of thing. And as a kid, I didn't know what that meant. I'm like, huh? When Miley released Bangers, my mom had said something about the way the album was being presented because, you know, it was it was like hip hop culture and a lot of stuff going on. And I thought she wasn't going to get it for me. And so I started breaking down, crying like on the like it was a moment of silence. And then all you heard was like, are you crying? Yes. Cause I don't think you're not giving me the damn album. She's like, boy, I'm gonna get you that shit. You need to <laughs> just like the time you told me when you were little, or you asked her for Hannah Montana soap. Mm-hmm. And you I wanted that damn Hannah Montana soap. I was not playing any games. But you just lose yourself in music, and so I feel like it could be a thing that can unify us more than it being just like, oh, this music is for this race or this type of people. Yeah, I don't understand why there has to be a certain color attached to a genre. It's so, it's so strange. Like music is for everybody. And it's just a beautiful artwork that artists put out for everybody to listen to. And I don't know why it should be separated, you know? Like yeah. it's, it's so weird how people attach color to a genre. It's gotten, it's gotten better. Luckily. It has. Like, um, there's some white rap artists, you know, like Eminem people. That are really Eminem's fucking good really too. Fucking good. And I love how accepting people are of that, you know, how they how can I say this? How they put their artwork out, you know, and they don't necessarily focus on the color. Some people at least, because there are a lot of critics out there who still, you know, say this and that. But I feel like over time when it comes to music. Society has been more accepting of that, really. 
And I think that that's really cool. As we progress, it should get better, hopefully, because as we start raising kids, they're going to be listening to all types of music because it's just going to be natural. I'm going to have all these vinyls and stuff and all these CDs. It's just I'm going to just be playing whatever. Taylor Swift is going to be playing in my household. You better believe it. Waking up in the morning, it's playing at full volume, getting up, (laughs) vacuum, vacuum going off, (laughs) surfer sweeper gliding across the floor, the whole shebang. You better believe my kids planning to speak now. So what do you think about the um, concept of talking white or when people are like, oh, you talk proper or you speak so well. It's just like, oh, oh my goodness. Oh, wow. Like, what is that even supposed to mean? So when I was a kid, I was told that very often, like a lot more than often, And it would be by family members, mostly, because um, my family members kind of they're really country and they they talk in their own way. Like, you know how black families talk. Mm -hmm. So the way that I was raised was I just talked properly or it's just how I enunciate my sentences and stuff. And I didn't think it was a problem. Like, it's just how I talk. So as I got older, I would get told that more oftenly and it would be by friends. It would be by classmates. It would be by grown people. Don't tell me that shit. So am I supposed to talk a certain way based on how you see me? Is it's that, so weird. It's so strange. And they don't explain like what they mean whenever they tell you that at such a young age. It's just they just put it out there. And it's like, wow, OK. I don't really know what that means, but they have to understand the fact that when we were growing up, we were getting a certain type of education and they were teaching us a certain way to where it was just natural for us to have to talk a certain way because we were already in the room with a bunch of white people, probably being taught by a white teacher. So it's like, that's where we spend a majority of our time. So when we get hit with, oh, you speak well, it's like, hell yeah, I just spent the whole day at school. That reminds me of a top, like, this happened maybe, I think this summer, I was with my older cousin and we went out to eat together, like for lunch. And we were just talking to each other, you know. And this woman that sat behind us, she turned around and she said, I'm sorry to interrupt you this conversation, but you guys talked so well, like so wow. intelligently. And it, we got quiet, you know, because I was like, I didn't know what she meant by that. And I kind of squinted a bit, you know, I was like, thank you. You know, we it was really polite that she said that. But when I thought about it, I was like, did she assume? <laughs> it's <that> so creepy. <laughs> did she assume that we were supposed to talk a certain way based on how the thing is, whenever a person sees a black person, you know, they assume that they're supposed to talk ghetto, mm-hmm. whatever that means, at least. So I feel like it's always been weird to me how people just say that. And And they're not even trying to be, (laughs) there's not any malice behind it sometimes. That's the creepy part is that she was just telling you that and she was trying to give you a compliment. But once you like unfold the layers of it, it's like, that's so weird that you think of that as a compliment to me because it's like, oh, look at that black person over there speaking well in full sentences. (laughs) They're like, let me go and compliment them. 
it's so creepy. Like once you think about the whole concept of it and how it's just like some people are engineered to automatically see black people a certain way and not even have any malice or negativity behind it, really. It's yeah. just like in their blood. We have a lot of intelligent and well-spoken black leaders mm-hmm. in our society and generation, you know, that really help us as a community, you know, speak out yeah. through them, you know? And I feel like it, it has gotten better. People have seen that mm-hmm. and hopefully they take it into account. Yeah. Maybe a, a yes, we're just like you. We're just mm-hmm. as intelligent as you are and your perception can be faulty. Perception can be very faulty. Yep. It's very, very faulty. And I've been guilty of that before. Like growing up, I would look at TV or even social media and they put out a way that they think black people are supposed to be or any other person of color or anybody in general are supposed to act like or talk like. And I believed as a kid, this person is supposed to be like this or anybody that I meet is supposed to act or talk like this, which is really strange, you know? And it messes you up because it like engineers you in a way to where you're like, since all these things that I like are quote unquote white, at a young age, you get this thought of, oh, I just want to be white then. Because everyone's like, oh, you talk white. This music you like is white. Why is this this way? And then you're just like, so should I be proud to be a black person at all then? If it's not like I'm even repping my people properly. And you're thinking of that at such a young age. And like looking back at it now, it it kind of motivated me in a way to still like the music that I've always liked yeah. for years and to still have that same energy, but still bring black culture into everything because it's in everything. Like we recreated everything in this bitch low key. <laughs> like everything. I swear. It's not anything you can deny, especially when it comes to music. But when it comes to talking, I don't, it still seems to be a big issue, especially with um, there's certain, certain words that only black people are supposed to say. Mm-hmm. Or oh my God. certain things that oh are supposed God. to be approached. <laughs> that just because it's something that's specifically for the black culture does not really mean that oh it's a quote unquote stereotype. It's it's black culture, like how we how we say things, the way we do slang. That's just what we've created for ourselves. And then other people take it and then they run with it. <laughs> so there's always that aspect. And another thing I wanted to talk on was the the concept of having an attitude problem that is typically attached to a black person in I don't know if it's just like the the pigmentation of the skin color <laughs> or the fact that people as- associate darker colors with like more feelings of negativity, but why do you think it's so easy for a black person who's upset to be perceived as angry? You know, there's always the the quote that is such an angry black woman or mm-hmm. they I don't want to say they um, it was 
put out in society that every black woman is supposed to be angry or be loud or have an attitude problem, you know? But I think that when a person speaks up about something that makes them upset or they voice their opinion, people perceive it as them being angry or aggressive, Mm -hmm. which is very strange because if something makes a person upset, that's just that. That doesn't make them an angry person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> make them an angry Wait, person. What? It's just what you said or did upset them mm-hmm. or whatever is being talked about is, you know, they feel a certain way towards it, but that does not have anything to do with their character. Yeah. And how they are as a person. It's a way of belittlement because like once a black person feels their own feelings and they emit those emotions to turn around and be like, oh, why are you so angry? Why are you so mad? It's way to belittle that black person back into that position of, okay, let's calm them down so that they don't start speaking out more. And it's, it's one of the scariest stereotypes because as we have more black leaders in society, they have to shred the line so so much in order to not, not say anything to offend people when it's always about like woke culture, quote unquote. But it's really the black people who are having to watch every single thing they say, especially like think of the vice president. She can only do so much without one slip up and then it's headlines everywhere. Oh, Because wow. she's a black woman and things can be perceived easily onto her just because of that stereotype of the angry black person or the black person who has an attitude problem. And then it's like if she does these things, is she supposed to have no emotion? Like, do exactly. you want her to show? Yeah. You don't want her to show any emotion? I'd be pissed off. <laughs> I'd be really pissed off on a daily basis. Like, there, are, I've seen so many things about our vice president where people say many articles, many paragraphs, or how people analyze her body language and the way that she talks and it's really sad because it's like you're not even listening to her you're listening to the way that she says something I guess you're focusing more on that instead of what she has to say if that makes sense but I find that really sad how society just (laughs) it's a crazy world we live in it's so sad like if she speaks up in a stern way, she's an angry black woman. But when she's laughing all the time, people are like, what's wrong with her? Is she OK? Why is she laughing? Like she can never be serious. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she can never be serious. <laughs> oh it's like you can't please anybody with the way that. Oh, my gosh. Excited. Sad. So one thing I want to also touch on in addition to racial stereotypes is the the fact of gender stereotypes because me being a gay black man and you being a black woman do you feel like there are any stereotypes that specifically affect women in also black women in addition to oh she could be angry uh we have a lot of powerful black women in our society And they have done so many great things to prove that, yes, women can do this, too. But 
I find the stereotype that, oh no, you can't do this because this was done by a male or yeah. always done by males is just so, it's kind of so degrading yeah. in a way because as a kid, I always thought that men could do a lot more than women due to TV and due to people, due to a lot of things, you know? And it really lowered my confidence on a lot because of that. And in some ways it still does because there are still people, there's still men out there who believe, um, no, they still believe that bullshit. (laughs) They still believe it. And it's so bizarre, but, um, I love how there's women who have that attitude of yes, I can. And yes, I will. I love that. And I, I have that mindset too. Like if you really want to do something or you love something, you should do it and you should never not do it. It definitely should get better. It's just like back in the old days where they assumed every woman was only good for having kids Mm -hmm. and cooking in the kitchen and cleaning while her husband goes out to work. That is so fucked up. That is so fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) They expect her to stay home and play mommy. (laughs) (laughs) It's so degrading. (laughs) I don't understand. When I learned that, um, in high school, I would just tilt my head like, oh, <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> this is so, how do you expect a woman to, you know, have a good amount of confidence if you're putting this role on her or you're assuming that she needs to play a role because she's a woman? It just doesn't make any sense. And sadly, there is still people out there with that mindset of that's all what women are good for. And the same can be for men, too. Like, there are stereotypes. Mm. With <laughs> so many stereotypes mm. with men. Mm. Mm. That's sad, too. <laughs> mm. So, you know, one stereotype about men. Oh, I'm here. They can be musty. Oh, <laughs> They could be really musty. Men can be really musty. And that is a perfect segue into our first sponsor of So Far So Hood History. Some claps. Some claps. And I'm just like Oprah. I actually have some samples here for you, Melijah. Oh, it smells so good. It does. It really does. It smells so fresh. I love tea tree. So this is their mission statement. Through candid conversations about our bodies, wet and everyday lives, we built a line of vegan, cruelty-free products that reflect the daily needs of real bodies in motion, not just their underarms. High key is for anybody. We are all natural, gender neutral, and form- formulated to leave resi- not leave residue on your skin or clothing. High key is ethically and sustainably sourced and safe for all skin types. Because our products are all natural, they are extremely versatile and can be used anywhere on the body. That is amazing. Anywhere on the body. That is amazing. Anywhere on the body. (laughs) (laughs) Hikey is not just a product. It is a community of people to come together and feel heard, 
including to be safe exactly with being who they are because sweat does not discriminate and neither does being musty. So yeah, it is a beautiful product. That one smells so good. I love this one. I actually have some on right now. But yeah, go to highkey.com where you can get free shipping for a limited time. So head over there and buy some stuff. Buy some stuff. Our first sponsor. Period. If you know me personally, please come hug me because it smells so good. There's some people who definitely need some samples. (laughs) Who I might be sending some samples of this product. So thank you, Haiki, so much for sending me this product. Thank you. Okay, now it's time to play a game because to lighten the mood on the bullshitness of stereotypes, one thing to help us is to take claim of some things that are perceived as stereotypes but are really not. And that is our language. Some of the things we just say as Black people, as I mentioned before. So I have a list of things and I just want to know if your mom has said them or not and we're each going to answer them. Okay. So this is the first one. So you're you're going to the store, right? You're in the back seat, and you pull up to the Family Dollar or wherever, and your mom's like, "Go in the store for me," and you don't want to, and she says the words, "I don't got no clothes on." My mom did that last week <laughs> to the gas station. <laughs> Plus, she asked me, she asked me, um, she's like, do you want to go to the store with me? I was like, sure. And in my head, I thought I was just tagging along, you know, I was just, you know, just get some air, just ride in the car. And then we pull up, she's like, go on the store. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? I was in my bonnet. (laughs) I had my bonnet on. Wait, what's that phrase? Even me, I don't got no clothes on. (laughs) Her hair looked better than mine. She had a bonnet on. Oh my god. My mom says that a lot too. Also, the phrase, I'm not one of your little friends. Oh. <laughs> Has your mom ever said that before? Oh, yeah. <laughs> she said that. Ooh, she said that so often. It's, it's kind of like there's this thing about black mothers to where it could be perceived as a stereotype, but really. It's like we all have the same caring mother who raised us in the same way, but differently at the same time. Here's another one. You smell like outside. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite. That's one of my favorite ones. When I was a kid and I used to go outside and play for hours and hours until the streetlight came on and I would come in just through the door and then she's like you smell like straight up grass and outside I wasn't even in the grass you smell like outside but that's the end of the game we both we scored all the points on the board as you can see (laughs) and yeah do you have any uh, anything you would like to conclude with Malaysia well the thing with stereotypes is um, I feel like mm, social media and social, social media in general, like, is a big reason why people have stereotypes, you know, like, um, being on YouTube as kids, there would be a lot of white men or men, period, that would mock black women or 
mock any other person. It would be mostly black women, black men too. And you didn't realize how offensive it was until you got older. And that stopped now, which I'm so glad about. Well, it has stopped. There's some people that still find it funny and it's kind of really offensive how people perceive that of you just because you're black. And I'm just really glad that it's gotten better and people decided to educate themselves on, you know, this is just a person and I should judge them on my personal experience with them and not, you know, somebody else's or how society has perceived them to be. And that's just how I've learned and how I've educated myself on, you know, my encounters with people is just my encounters with them instead of just a societal thing. Once you put someone in a box, you're going to break out of it two times harder, most likely. Most likely, so yeah. It can lead to things like this to where you were told not to like a certain thing. Now all you listen to is Taylor Swift and Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus because people in school and life in general were like, you're not supposed to listen to that because you're black. Listen to whatever the hell you I was want. Like, I was I got a signed Taylor Swift album sent over there right now, <laughs> smiling at me. Okay. And it's going to stay just like that. And I'm going to get more signed albums in the future. So that's the end of our topic. Thank you so much, Melijah, for coming. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> I'll be able to be sure to um, drop her socials in the little description thing so you can go follow her. But yeah. Bye, Heike, y'all. Please. We must see. <laughs> We're sending samples. Zach and Melodra sending samples. Please buy it, please. <laughs> and now we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back with Zach Excellence. We are back with Zach Excellence for the week. And this week we are discussing Imani Barbarin. Now, Imani Barbarin is somebody who I have loved researching because she is one hell of an advocate. She is one hell of a speaker and she is beyond intelligent. She is somebody who was born with cerebral palsy. So she represents the disabled community and she represents the black community. And that moves my soul because that's something that is often overlooked. And I wanted to shed light on that. So Amani describes herself by saying, as a profession, professional speaker, writer, and blogger, I explore disability culture as well as society and businesses' perceptions of disabled people from the perspective of a disabled black woman. A graduate of the Master's in Global Communications program at the American University of Paris, I use my skills to advocate for representation, inclusion, and the empowerment of black people, disabled people, at the intersections of race and feminism, both in the United States and globally. Familiar with the ways in which stereotypes and preconceived notions isolate disabled people and dictate ways in which we interact with the world, I seek to break every single one of them. Now that is something beautiful. That is something that should inspire everybody 
in their daily lives, to keep going forward, to keep speaking out. Amani Barbarin is really inspirational to me because if we can unify the black community, which includes shedding light on disabled black people, shedding light on gay black people, shedding light on black trans women, we can really be powerful in the whole movement of being included in society because the more we we speak out and the more variations of black people speak out, it shows that you can't put us in a box. And that is something very powerful. And we need more voices, like I've said before, and I will say again. So Imani Barberin, yes. Iconic queen, queen things. We have come to the end of this episode, which, wow, season two premiere. We are back. We back at it every single Monday. Be sure to tune in. Like I said, follow the show Instagram at so far so his show. You can check me out at Zach underscore iconic underscore Thomas at Instagram. Be sure to give us a good rating on Apple Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at so far so hood show at gmail.com. So yeah, you already know what it is. Thank you to Malijah for joining us this episode. That was everything. That was beyond everything. And thank you to Heiki for sponsoring this first episode. That is, oh, I'm beyond grateful for everything. Thank you to everyone. Tune in next week so we can make sure our lives stay so far so hood. And yeah, eat your vegetables. Be good. Don't go crazy because the world is going to try to knock you down. But guess what? We're going to make it. We're going to make it.